For better or for worse, back as promised, I'm Adam Wright, and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We hope you've enjoyed a week of listening to Holy Mass and praying along with Holy Mass at the 7 a.m. hour this week uh, while I've been away on a quick vacation. But we are back in the saddle again, and it is First Friday. So we've got some important work to attend to this morning in prayer. And then I've got two wonderful gentlemen in the studio with me for a little roadmap roundup on this first Friday. Let's begin our day in prayer. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty in unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priest are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross, and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all the neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God, forever and ever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
What a great way to start our Friday morning off. Now, just a reminder, today's first Friday, tomorrow's first Saturday. So for those devotions today, praying in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord and in honor of the Sacred Heart of our Lord, we've just kicked that off together. Also go to Mass today, receive Holy Communion, which means if you're not in a state of grace, you need to get to confession before you can receive Holy Communion. Uh, Don't fret, just go. Make a good examination of conscience and just go. And that's uh, today. Wouldn't it be wonderful to spend some time with our Lord in the Adoration Chapel today, just giving him that gift of our time as well in reparation for sins against his Sacred Heart. Tomorrow on First Saturday, the devotion is very similar, and the devotion requires you to go to confession, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and then meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. So whether you go to confession today or you go tomorrow, it's a good reminder to make that monthly confession that Our Lady asks us to make as part of this devotion for the five first Saturdays. It's good uh, preventative medicine for the soul. And if you're in need of healing, it's good healing. It's a good balm as well for the soul to spend this time in prayer with our Lord and his Blessed Mother. We're going to have a roadmap roundup today talking about a myriad of topics with Dan Vonderhaar and Ben Grijalva. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for the weather and our saint of the day. I'm going to give you a little spoiler. It's a great saint we're remembering today. Today is the memorial of St. John Vianney, priest. Born in France in the late 18th century, he was one of four children, and his parents, Matthew and Marie, were deeply involved in their faith with a great love for the poor. At one point, his grandparents gave aid to St. Benedict Joseph Lebray, patron saint of the homeless. John was not quite five when France was seized by the reign of terror. Though it was illegal and punishable by death, his parents continued to take the family to masses that were held in secret. In 1802, Napoleon Bonaparte reestablished the church and his family was able to openly follow their faith. From a young age, John longed to be a priest, but the journey was very hard and his studies had been disturbed by the French Revolution. Finally, and after many interruptions, he was ordained in 1815. Three years later, he became pastor of a parish in Ars, where he found a community that had grown lukewarm in its faith. He began to fast and do penance in the hope they would return to the church with a newfound love and devotion. John helped establish a home for girls, and he became an outstanding preacher. By the 1820s, his reputation had grown far beyond the borders of his town, and not long after, tens of thousands came to hear him and to receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. He was an incredible confessor. During the last 10 years of his life, John Vianney spent up to 18 hours a day hearing confessions, becoming known as the Curé of Ars. At one point, a woman whose husband had taken his own life tried very hard to meet with John because she was so worried about his soul. But the lines were so long, she became discouraged and was about to give up. Then Vianney, sensing she was there, cried out, He is saved. And then to make sure she heard him, repeated it. He is saved. He is in purgatory, and you must pray for him. Between the parapet of the bridge and the water, he had time to make an act of contrition. John Vianney also had a great devotion to St. Philomena and had a chapel and shrine erected in her honor. He was acutely aware of his religious calling and once said, if we really understood the priest on earth, we would die. 
not of fear, but of love. He is the patron saint of priests and died on this day in 1859. St. John Vianney, please pray for us and all the holy souls in purgatory. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, it is definitely good to be back, and I couldn't think of a better way to come back to the studio after a few days away than to be joined by two incredible men of God. Dan Vonderhaar, how's it feel to be back in the saddle with a Roadmap Roundup again? It feels fantastic. I, I practically made every light here. As you know, I texted you because I was running a little late, and uh, then I ended up being early. I heard you got a little nice spiritual reminder to pray the rosary I, this, I, this morning. I did. <laughs> I was driving here. And uh, I'm worried about being late. I hate being late. So I'm wondering why everyone is driving so slow. Uh, And just when I'm about to grumble, I look through the windshield of the car ahead of me, and there's a rosary hanging from the windshield. I'm like, you know, maybe the problem is me uh, (laughs) and not everyone else on the road. You know, as I get older in life, I I find that every time I make that statement, maybe the problem is me, the answer is most likely (laughs) Yes, it is, Adam. Right. It's you, you know. And then uh, all the way from, from South St. Louis County, you know, so far away. Ben Grijalva's with us this morning. Ben, good to see you again, my friend. I'm here. You know what? I slept in the parking lot. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're wearing your San Diego Padres shirt, and I think many of us are saying, well, there's a team I could root for because it's getting harder and harder to keep rooting for this well, one. Well, it's got a double here. meaning today, though. I'm a, I'm a father. Padre is his fa- father in Spanish, so you know there's a yeah. bunch of Padres here sitting in the room. So you know it's a double meaning today. Yeah, and, and your your team actually knows what it's like to win a baseball game. So <laughs> well, it's been a rough season yeah. for the Padres. Well, speaking of fatherhood, you had sent me a, a message a while back, and I, I just love this here. Um, you know, when we were talking about things we could ever talk about on the radio, and it was keeping children open to vocation, and and. You know, not necessarily saying, kids, this is your vocation. This is what you will be. Because that's really God's job. Our, our job is what? You know, as you said, to prepare them to be open to that. I'd love to hear more of what you have to say on this. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a path that I've been trying to live uh, as a father. My first job, in my mind, is to help my family get to heaven. And the way that's going to happen is if, my wife and my children are open to following Christ and um, helping them discern what what Christ wants to do for them. But isn't it isn't about saying, "Okay, my son Jake, Jake, you're going to be a priest. That's your vocation." No, it's about saying, "Jacob, stay close to Christ. Do everything He asks you to do to the best of your ability. Know that He loves you and He's going to make you the person that you're supposed to be. If you're meant to be a priest, He'll help you get there. If you're meant to be married," He'll help you get there. Stay open to Christ. Stay close to him. That's what he wants. That's what I wish I had learned at his age. And my, my parents were beautiful, wonderful people. But um, I got a lot of catechism when I was a kid, and I didn't get a lot of evangelization, right? And the evangelization is help your kids stay close to Christ, whether they like it or not when they're little, right? So that's, that's the beginning of it right there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I was I've been watching the coverage from World Youth Day, right? And uh, as much as I've been unplugged, 
every now I, I've allowed myself about five minutes to go and check and see what's going on. And I, I don't have the exact quote because, you know, I was at, I was at the lake. I didn't bring a, a notebook to write down things for Friday show prep. But um, the Holy Father, in one of his addresses, was talking about the importance of adoration and in just going and spending that time with our Lord. And the, the point, to paraphrase, that he was uh, really hammering home was, how can you hear what God is calling you to if you don't go and spend time yes. with him and and i we we've done that a lot we don't go every week it's not like a it's not a fully disciplined regiment but on many occasions throughout our children's childhood you know and they're all still kids we've said hey we're going to the chapel for just a few minutes we're just going to sit and you know what you don't even have to say any prayers just go sit giving giving our children every opportunity to be in the presence of christ and then what goes with that is having the humility to say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm not perfect. I go to confession for a reason and leading by example, right? And, and now, now you start getting into the areas, well, gee whiz, Ben, great, holier than thou, you're going to confession. But what about me? There's always time to start. As long as you're alive and kicking, there's always an opportunity to start. Always. And just lead by example. Amen to that, man. You know, I'm I'm thinking I'm taking all this in, Ben. By the way, which is just brilliant advice that you're 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 giving us this morning. And I'm thinking about what's going on in my family right now, um, which has really been an incredible blessing. Uh, my wife is back in school to get her teacher certificate so that she can teach full time in a Catholic school, and she's been wanting to be a teacher since she was a little girl um wasn't encouraged to go that route for a lot of different reasons and uh, started volunteering um, after all of our kids had left the home uh, in my daughter's classroom of all places and kind of came back after a lot of thoughtful prayer um just kind of a lot of you say what do i want to do how do I, how do i want to contribute um and just watching her her spirituality and her faith grow she said you know what this is what I want to do. So now my wife is going to be joining the ranks of Catholic school teachers. Uh, so this whole piece of vocation um, and leading your family, right? And, and clearly Christ is leading this one, leading Amy where she is. Um, it, it's an ongoing event in our life. Yeah, it, I was just going to say, friends, it's not a one and done. You know, Beth and I celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary on Tuesday. And, Congratulations! Uh, I'm I'm fatter, and I have grayer hair, and she looks exactly the same. That's right. Just as beautiful, if not more so, right? And uh, but if if we thought, okay, well, God gave us the grace to recognize we were called to marriage with one another and to have children, and that's it. We don't have we don't have to ask the question anymore. God, what are you calling us to? But it's more that question of God, how are you calling us? You know, how are you calling me to be a husband today? How are you calling me to be a father today? Sometimes that's big questions. You know. Um, professional life was getting in the way of first vocation. Not that professional life was bad, but in terms of not making it possible for me to fully attend to my first vocation, then it's time to say, all right, Lord, what are you calling me to so that I can live this primary vocation, as we say, 
And he showed me some paths, opened some doors. There was a lot of prayer with that. And it's one of those things that now, uh, you, you know, Dan, you're the, the veteran here in the room, and, and Ben, you're the, uh, the clubhouse leader. And I'm still, I'm not the rookie anymore, but I'm not the clubhouse leader either. Um, we're, we're doing that. What high school is right for our oldest? He's in eighth, he starts eighth grade in a week and a half, right? And all of those questions of how are we going to pay for this and what's the most important thing. And I have to be honest, you know, as we're looking at the high schools, my number one criteria right now is, is this going to help him in his relationship with our Lord or is it going to be an obstacle? And if it's going to be an obstacle, what would we do to overcome that? Well, first off, why would we consider it? But second, you know, if academically it's the best for him, how do we overcome the obstacles or the impediments to him growing in his faith. And there's all these, you know, it, it, it's interesting to be thinking about this because all of our, our, our friends who, you know, are, are lukewarm, um, and they're, they're very well-intentioned. They're like, well, why does that matter? You know, you, you pick a good school. And I'm like, you know, he could, today's saint, the Curie of ours, not the most intellectual guy in the world, but probably the holiest priest in generations, you know, it's about relationship with the Lord. It's not necessarily about the book smarts because there are a lot of people don't, that don't have book smarts in heaven, and there are a lot of really smart people I'm willing to wager in hell. Yeah. And, and that's, at the end of the day, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I would say that uh, uh, what goes along with that is uh, talking about you know, the other side of the coin that, that I've heard a lot in my life from various people is, well, you know, we don't want to force our religion on our kids. Couldn't be further from the truth. We're exposing our children to opportunities to be with Christ. They're going to have to make decisions while they grow up, things that we don't like, right? But we, we, need, we need to expose them to the opportunities. In our faith, our religion is how we accomplish that. Yeah, one of my previous pastors used to say, oh, you don't, want to, you don't want to force religion on your children. Well, oh, we don't want to force our children to eat nourishing food, or oh, we don't want to force our children to stay hydrated, or oh, we don't want to force our children to have good personal hygiene. Yeah, I wouldn't want to force my kids to do anything. No, it's not about forcing. It's about showing them that this is healthy. This is what you need to do in life. There's a good reason behind it. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Here's Pat Barrett with The Way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, In these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our archdiocesan family so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, as we're talking about all of this parenting stuff on uh, the Roadmap Roundup this morning, I can't help but think of something my mom said to me yesterday, because we we come home from vacation, and we're going to maybe talk about this a little bit later on, and the houses, parts of the house are clean, but the children's rooms are, shall we say, less than ideal, uh, and my mom made the comment, she said, you know, it's that really difficult age for you. Um, because the older kids are old enough to know that they need to clean their room, to understand that it's their responsibility to clean their room, but actually getting them to put rubber to the road 
and clean the room may still involve you standing there saying, you need to deal with this mess that you've made. You know, I, I am no longer going to deal with it. It is your responsibility. Now, in terms of showing our kids the, the joy of the spiritual life, there is a point, like our six-year-old, why do I have to go to Mass? Read the Ten Commandments, honey. It's in the first three. You don't even have to read all ten uh, because God said so. And that, that outranks because Dad said so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to pull that when they're they're young. But to get them to see the beauty of it, you know, I think our son's at an age that if he said, why do we have to go to Mass? Which he doesn't. He's like, we have to go. You know, he gets it. Um, then I'd be like, well, now we're going to talk about some deeper things. Because if it was just, well, because God said so and I'm your father and I say so, we're no longer at that point where we can just say, I'm your father and you're doing this. We have to actually, as you said earlier, Ben, evangelize. Yeah. It, we have to be able to explain the why. And and I think there's a lot of fear with, with let's just say, folks that aren't regular mass goers, right? How am I going to explain the, the why to my children if I don't understand the why? And um, you have to take some steps, some leaps of faith, right? You have to practice your faith, study up on it, for lack of a better way to put it, get back to mass and then try to understand the why yourself. You really know the rules, right? Call them rules if you want. But again, it, it comes back to relationship. So everything we do in life has something to do with relationship. If my relationship with Christ is broken because of my own doing, how am I going to, how am I going to be able to convey to my children that they need to keep their relationship developing with Christ. You know, Ben, it's so interesting because we do this in other parts of our life. So I'm, I'm thinking specifically of uh, running a business or, or, or your business life, right? You've got change that needs to be made. So you uh, call the meeting, you get your change management team together, and the first slide is the business case for change. Mm-hmm. Right? Why do we need to change? These are, are you know, practical business approaches to getting where you want to go. You just said the exact same thing, but to our spiritual life. Right. So Amen. You know, all we have to do, these are things we know. We know these things. We know this is what we need to do. Sometimes you just got to take that first step. Got to take the first step. And you have to be humble, right? You have to be willing to say, I'm not perfect. God, I could use some help in this area. Help me to be a better spiritual father for my children. You know what, I, I, I don't know if I love it more or if my son loves it more, but when he does have questions, he's like, why do we, you know, why do we do this? And it's like, you know, I don't know, but let's find out together. Right. You know, it's okay to say, I don't know. I remember many years ago, I was between jobs and I had a buddy who owned an insurance brokerage and it was right when Medicare Part D rolled out and he's like, I need you to, I need to hire you to just come in and process forms, right? But you have to be licensed. I need you to get your license too in, in health and life. And he told me, he said, listen, this is a, a test to show that you understand the basics because any good insurance agent is going to know it's not about remembering it for the rest of your life. It's about remembering where to go to get the information. And uh, that really stuck with me. It's like, it, what's more important, having it memorized or if you can't memorize it, knowing where to go to get the information. And I love doing that with the kids saying, hey, I don't know this but let's go find out together. And especially when it comes to Marian apparitions and the rosary, those moments have been so, so incredible. I, I remember listening to one of Father Don Calloway's talks in the van 
we had to drive an hour round trip, you know, half hour out, half hour back, literally to pick something up. It was going to take three minutes. We were going to spend sixty in the car, and uh, James was on the edge of a seat. Dad, is that true? Is that did that really happen? And, and can we look that up? And we're like, we're going to look it up. Not only can we look it up, we're going to look it up. And they were just fascinated. And it's those kinds of things doing it together. Not only are they growing in their knowledge of the faith, but you're forging core time with them, which is what we're going to talk about when we come back from this break. So we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer for vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Americas and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. I remember from my high school chemistry class days something called osmosis. And, uh, I, you know, using, could you use that in a sentence, please? Uh, learning by osmosis is one of the analogies that's drawn. And as we've been talking about parenting today, I can't help but think of the importance of just, you know, praying regularly and the, the non negotiable of that. If, uh, you know, mealtime, family rosary, family intercessory prayers. You know, kids, what would you like to pray for? Who would you like to pray for? And sometimes the answers are great, and sometimes the answers are silly. Sometimes the answers are, we'd like to pray for a snow day when it's the middle of that stretch between the end of Christmas break and and President's Day, and everybody just wants that day off school. But it's taking that time together You know, I don't know that the kids remember the fanciest restaurants we've ever taken them to or the coolest places, but they remember, like, Dad, we need to pray. And it's that that routine. And you you have to exercise that willpower to start it as early as you can. And if you haven't started yet, as Ben said earlier, we'll start now and exercise that willpower to start it now, but make that the priority. We just got back from four days down at the lake. It was a wonderful time as a family. And in fact, the least enjoyable thing was when we're like, let's go to this really cool restaurant that we've heard about that we, you know, it was nice dining by the lake, but it was uh, overpriced. The food, the kids kind of picked at it and said, it's okay, but it's not, you know, it's not great. And I'm like, I just paid a lot of money for you not to eat that food. but better, the, the better gra- eat that hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will eat it and you will like it. But the greatest part, as I as I was telling Dan during the break, Ben was uh, sitting in the the captain's chair, as I called it, at our condo overlooking the cove at the lake, and just staring out the window at the water. But then, out of the corner of my eye, watching my eldest work on a thousand-piece puzzle, and just to watch his brain moving and. Uh, you know, and then to the the other favorite moment was when I woke up Tuesday morning, and I didn't sleep well Monday night. We got over four inches of rain, and there were corrugated metal sheet roof docks right outside our window, so it was loud rain. And uh, I'm a little tired, but I wake up, I get up, and I go to check on the kids, and there are three of them are sitting on one of the, the queen beds in the second bedroom playing Uno, just having the time of their lives. No tech, no gadgets, no we got to go spend umpteen million dollars at this amusement park or this or that or the it's just quality time as family and 
it's amazing how energizing that was to spend that time with Beth and the kids dedicated away. But on the flip side of that, I have to tell you this. When we went down there, I took everything I needed in a duffel bag. That was the rule. Everybody gets a duffel bag. And if you can't fit it in the duffel bag, you don't need it. And that meant that we were kind of living the lifestyle of wear today's clothes and wash tomorrow's um, for for the four days we were down there. But we didn't miss any of our stuff. You know, we didn't. I didn't miss a single guitar. I didn't miss a single moment of tech time. I didn't miss any of that. The kids weren't asking, oh, can we have more TV? Or can we, it's like, what game are we playing next? Can we go to the pool? Are we going for a walk? That was all they cared about. And for, what is it, 48, what's 48 hours times two? I can't do math this early in the morning. 96. But from the time we left Monday morning at 9 a.m. for the 96 hours, uh, we never were apart from one another except for when they went to bed and we went to bed. And it was one of the most restorative things ever. Highly encourage it. Then I came home and I looked at all the stuff I had and the clutter in my house, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to throw it all out and, and get rid of it. And, you know, Ben, you and I have talked about this. Dan, you and I have talked about this before, the importance of taking a retreat. And while we may not have taken a spiritual retreat directed by a priest or, or a religious, taking that time away to focus on first vocation is such a vital component of having these relationships to evangelize. Yeah, you, wow, you cover a lot of ground. It's, just, it's so true. Complexity is the enemy in, in these situations. Complexity is the enemy. And the solution is simplicity. As a matter of fact, the more complex the problem, the more simple the solution needs to be. And uh, I would encourage everyone, my family went through that. We we literally sold everything we owned but five pieces of furniture when we moved. We, we sold every possible bar stool, chair, bed frame, mattress, everything. It was, it was just a really, really great thing to simplify our lives. Um, you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can start small, but there is just such a feeling of relief when you, when you simplify. And that brings the clarity and for me, as you know, Adam, um, I, I went on my first kind of spiritual retreat, maybe since high school, about 20, about a little over 20 years ago. And it was a game-changing experience for me. And I've never stopped. I'll, I'll, I go to at least one, maybe two or three a year. And um, it writes my brain. It, it um, allows me to focus. Um, there's just a peace that comes when you bring more simplicity into your life. And when you have that peace, you make better decisions. I agree with that. I'm a retreat junkie, right? But I also know that there are times when I just need to step away from everything as a husband, as a father, as a businessman, and just be with God. It doesn't have to be a full weekend retreat. I love retreats. I do them whenever I can. But sometimes... It's a walk in the woods. One of the best retreats I've ever had is sitting, hunting, hunting. Uh, refer, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in a stand. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say hunting, hunting reference, right? Sitting in a deer stand at 5 o'clock in the morning when it's below freezing. The deer aren't even up moving around yet that I can hear, right? But watching the sunrise and knowing that God is, is just an amazing, powerful thing. I don't have a Bible out. 
I'm not praying a rosary. I am simply just being with God and what he created. It's, it's that simple. We have to find times to do that. Mm-hmm. I like getting up early in the morning when I can and just sit in my, in my kitchen table drinking my coffee. In your captain's chair? Is in my captain's chair. Yeah. And, and just I open up, my, open up my curtains and I watch the sunrise. That's a retreat, minimally, yeah. right? But that's before my kids all get up. Well, I think of those passages from the gospel that, you know, they, they settle in for the night, the apostles. And I, I often wonder what kind of shenanigans were happening around those campfires. You know, Peter, you sank, you tried to walk on water and you sank. And Peter's looking back like, hey, I got two steps. How many do you have? But what's our Lord do? He goes a little bit farther to pray. And just as husbands, as fathers, our responsibility, you know, we're, we're joking about the captain's chair, but great confession I, I once had where I, you know, my confession was, I think, every father's confession at some point. I lost my temper and was uncharitable in my words to my wife. I raised my voice with the kids. I was overbearing and, uh, you know, unreasonable in my expectations. You know, you're five years old. What do you mean you haven't vacuumed every square inch of this house? (laughs) Dad, I can't even pick up the vacuum. That's no excuse, you know. And he said, you're the captain. And if the captain is calm and if the captain is collected, the ship will sail smoothly. But if the captain is in chaos the ship will be in chaos. And then he went on to talk about all these things we've been talking about, going to spend time in prayer with our Lord and how you have to do that. Otherwise, your family suffers. So fathers listening right now, if you're not spending time in prayer, and I've learned this the hard way, I'm willing to venture all three of us sitting here Mm -hmm. learn this the hard way at some point. If you're not spending that time in prayer fostering your relationship with the Lord, your family is suffering as a result. Uh, before we go to this last break here, I'll, I'll leave you with this. You know, why did we decide to go spend four days at the lake? We've never really done this before, just picked up and said we're going to go somewhere. We're doers. When we go on vacation, we maximize every waking moment with what are we going to do. But honestly, the last couple months, it's just been little weight after little weight after little weight on us in our lives. And Beth and I were recognizing that we were, you know, losing our patience with one another. We were snapping over like the most minute things and finding times we're saying, I just want to be away from you right now. I do not want to be around you or the kids. You're all driving me crazy. And we we recognize, no, it's not that you're trying. It's, it's everything around us. It's the evil one attacking the family, which, by the way, when we talk about the first Saturday devotion, to get a little soapboxy here, um, the devil, it, it was revealed in the Fatima apparition that the devil's prime attack is going to be on marriage and the family. And Beth reminded me, you know, why is our marriage hurting right now? What are we doing? And is it good? Because if our marriage suffers, it doesn't matter how good things are at the office. You're going to have a bad day at the office because you're going to be mad at me all day. You know, so let's take some time and let's go focus on us and cast everything else out. And so we did. And I sat in the captain's chair and it was lovely and uh, I'm ready to do it again. We're going to take another break here and get you. This is one of my favorite songs too. thinking about vacation. I get so wrapped up in in not my first vocation. Sometimes I miss things with the kids. And I love this Matthew West song. It's a great reminder for me. It's called The Beautiful Things We Miss about that time spent with our kids. Prayer in a Time of Waiting. All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice 
instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. We are wrapping up the week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier, and the topic has been, What is Your Prayer Routine? Patty has been sharing with us different anchors in her prayer routine all week long. Patty, how are we going to wrap up today? Well, I want to just kind of summarize a little bit first, and before we even get to the topic, to say that in my own life, this has been my routine for 20 years, but it has grown gradually. Like I said, it started with 10 minutes. Now, when I go to Mass and then stay afterwards and pray the Rosary and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and then I go straight over to our Adoration Chapel, and then I have my Holy Hour. So to be honest, that's two hours. It's from 8 to 10, Monday through Friday, every day, and then Sunday, of course, is different with the Sunday Mass. But that's my routine during the week of those two hours. But it started with 10 minutes, and you have to do this according to your state in life. I understand mothers with small children, people who are working. You have to do what works for you. But the fifth anchor in my prayer life would be Stations of the Cross, and this is part of my prayer routine. Now, this is what I do throughout the rest of my day as maybe I take a walk, maybe I'm in my car running errands, maybe I'm cooking dinner, or I'm on my elliptical working out. But I specifically, because many of us spend a lot of time in the car, I will not turn on the radio unless I have said my rosary, my chaplet of divine mercy, and the Stations of the Cross. And usually the last thing that's missing is the Stations of the Cross. So that's where I do it, in my car, wherever I'm driving. Because I don't want a day to go by without me pondering the passion of our Lord and what he did for me. So think about where you can use the time that you do have Again, you can do this cooking dinner. You can do this emptying the dishwasher. You can do this when you're in your car or cleaning house, scrubbing the bathrooms or whatever it is where you can continue with your prayer all throughout your day. And that's what this is about. It's about finding the time and knowing that God is our first love. So do we give him the best of our time that we have? I do that in the morning with the morning routine that I told you about and then all throughout our day as well. So the next time we find ourselves saying, oh, man, I'm stuck in traffic right now, it's a perfect time to pray the Stations of the Cross right there in the car. Patty, this has been a a wonderful week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And if you'd like to share this with a friend, please direct them to ourcatholicradio.org or wherever you like to get your podcast and just look up the Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. We are wrapping up our First Friday Roadmap Roundup, and I do want to remind you that, again, First Friday Devotion, go to Mass today, receive our Lord and Holy Communion, spend some time in prayer in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart and in honor of His Sacred Heart. And a great way to do that is just to spend that time with Him in the Adoration Chapel. You know, think of all those times that, as a man, for all the men listening, you've been wounded in some way, shape, or form, and your bride being there at your side, maybe not even saying anything, but just her presence has been restorative for you. Well, the church is the bride of Christ. His sacred heart has been wounded by sin. Let's go spend some time 
with him. And then spend some time with his blessed mother tomorrow in our first Saturday devotion. Now, we've ended up being uh, very heavy for the for the men and for the guys today, talking about fatherhood and being the spiritual leader, the captain of our household, and helping our children remain open to whatever vocation God's calling them to and leading the charge to maybe take that time away and grow in our first vocation with one another. But uh, Dan made a, a comment during the break that we really need to reiterate. And I'm going to say it like this, and then, Dan, I'm going to let you say it how you said it. Um, if you think you can do all of this on your own without our Lord, and if I think that, and I've thought that at times, you're a fool, and I've been a fool. It's not what you can do. It's about what our Lord can do through you if you surrender and say, Lord, please work through me as a husband and a father, which is counterintuitive, Dan, to totally. what you were saying. What, what's the, the dad rule? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that we want to be perfect dads, right? You know, we want to be in charge. We want to, we want to, if it's meant to be, it's up to me, right? That's the mentality of the, of the kind of our leadership m- model. And that, you have to flip that script. It's the inverse. To be the best that we can possibly be, to, to do what we are called to do, then we have to allow the only perfect dad to work through us. So the harder we try to be the one that makes it happen, the more frustrated we are going to be. So the answer is actually surrender. Not try harder, but surrender to our Lord, and then just watch what happens, right? Things will come together. I I remember a homily we played a few weeks ago talking about our guardian angels. And if you've ever worked on a project, whether it's woodworking or crafts or a puzzle or something, there's a certain point that when you're actually doing things the right way, everything starts clicking. And we all know that feeling like, oh, this, I finally figured it out. Like I've been trying to, especially if you've ever bought anything from Ikea, how do I put this (laughs) together? Right. And then you find a way you're like, oh, this is how, because now it's all coming together and everything's just happening. And the the homilist was talking about, you know, the the intercession of our guardian angels for us and how when we work against God's plan, all we're going to find is frustration. But when we actually open ourselves up and surrender to God's plan, then everything's going to start clicking. And... uh, Wow, isn't isn't that the truth through lived experience? Now, uh, Ben, we, we've got a, a prayer request to pray for many young people who are at World Youth Day right now, including your, your son's over there, right? My son Jacob is over there so, with a bunch of the boys from SLU. Yeah. yeah. How, how cool is that as a dad to have your son be like, Dad, can I go to World Youth Day? Uh, it is absolutely amazing. And he was at Fatima also this week. Uh, mm. I, I, I've never been there. I sent pictures back, and I'm just like, wow. All I can, Part of me is like just pray for me son yeah i <laughs> think know, we've, we've been praying for him but he's he took a bunch of prayers with them and it is it's hard to think of my son on the other side of the world right now in this environment world youth day it's just it's beautiful it really is i was there in the year 2000 the jubilee year in rome for world youth day with pope saint john paul ii and i was a punk teenager back then uh, very grateful that Father, hearing my confession, only spoke broken English. If <laughs> any punk teenager who had that that slight grace to be motivated to go to confession would be, but it, it was certainly um, a life changing event. And I don't think I'd be in this chair today, this captain's chair, if it weren't for spending that time uh, with so many of my peers that were on fire 
for their faith. I want to close out with this in the final seconds. I made a comment earlier today, and it's been bugging me. I said, you know, all my lukewarm friends, well, you know what? I'm no better than anyone else. Um, I just want to put that out there. We're all striving and our job is not to sit here and say, oh, Dan, you're not as good of a Catholic as me. Uh, our job is to say, Dan, let's get to heaven. Amen. Let's get to heaven. Ben, let's get Amen. to heaven. And let's, let's, let's close out in prayer here this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church. Pray for, for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray, Pray for, for us. St. John Vianney, the Curie of ours. Pray for in us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Dan and Ben, thanks for being with us this morning. We'll be back with our regular Roadmap to Heaven routine beginning on Monday morning at 7 a.m. right here on Covenant Network. Again, don't forget First Friday Devotion today, First Saturday Devotion tomorrow. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our podcast of today's show. If you want to share it with a friend, hit like and subscribe. Pray your rosary today.